All right. Episode three, Tupa three, the unfunniest podcast alive. I really like the acronym that comes with it, Tupa. I didn't really plan that ahead ahead of time, but it's always nice when, you know, things kind of work themselves out that way. So now once this podcast becomes big and popular, people can refer to it as Tupa. Like, oh, did you check out that new Tupa, the Tupa podcast? Or even if you're like a, a hardcore original fan, you can um, you can refer to it as Tupa, while other people are still calling it the unfunniest podcast alive. Don't matter what you call it, don't care what you call it, as long as you are listening. So we are here with episode three. As you see, different setting than usual, or if you're just listening to the audio, I am at my old campus, college campus, um, in a garden you can't really see the garden because I'm just sitting on a like a porch bench. I don't know what you call this. It's like a for those who can't see, it's one of those benches that people have on their porch and you can like swing in it, you know, it's held up by chains and whatnot. So I'm just actually I can't even swing that much because you could probably hear it. Like it my body really wants to swing cuz it feels good and whatnot, but the chains are like rusted or something, so it's kind of an annoying sound. So hopefully you can't hear it if I do swing a little bit. Um, but yeah, we're at my old campus in a garden. Just got finished with a workout. I've been slowly falling back in love with working out. I've been out of love with it or I lost my love for it years ago. Really, um, I would say it. I definitely lost the love for it once I stopped playing football because when I played football you know that's pretty much all you do you go to practice you lift weights you you train agility all that kind of stuff and you know that's all I did I didn't have a smartphone at that time in high school I didn't I didn't have a car until yeah I didn't have a car until going into my senior year I didn't really do much else except train for football so every day after school, we have training. If it's the off season, we have training. And obviously, if it's in season, we have practice. But every day I would train. And then on the weekends, and even during the weekday, sometimes I would just lift weights and I just trained nonstop. I was a workhorse when it came to uh, becoming fast and strong for football. So, um, hold on, there's a guy walking past. Yeah, I don't know why that's so awkward. I'm I'm sitting in a garden on campus, and a guy just, like, walked in and, like, walked around. He was, like, 10 feet away from me, and it just made it really awkward to talk. But, yeah, back to what I was saying. I was, uh, like, on the weekends I would train. I had a fucking tractor tire. I would go at my dad's house. There was this field in the backyard. I would go back there, tie a rope through the tire, tie the rope around my waist, pull it up and down a hill flip it nonstop, jump through it, jump over it. I was grinding. I I had like I had supreme mind and body connection. Like the football workouts and the football training came so easy. I excelled in it because of all the work that I put in outside of uh outside of what they, you know, assigned us. I was doing I was nonstop working out. I bought a bench press by myself, put it in my room. 
I uh, I had a pull-up bar in my door. Um, I had this app. I didn't have a smartphone, like I said earlier, but I had this tablet. But I didn't have internet at my mom's, so I couldn't. I could only play on on uh, you know, games that don't use the internet. So, but I had this app that you know there there was like a button on the middle of the screen, and you do push-ups over the over the tablet, and you hit the button with your nose so it counts your push-ups so i used that app and then you could also use it for sit-ups and air squats bro i was going nuts and it really showed um because i was one of the fastest on the teams i wasn't one of the strongest well it depends on the workout bench press which everybody cares about for some reason i have never been able to be good at it's i think it's just like my my uh my body composition or my build or something like that i don't really know how to pinpoint I don't know what the problem is. I don't know why I struggle with bench so much. Right now, at 26, my bench is as high as it's ever been. So I guess that's good. That means, you know, I'm stronger as I'm older. I don't know. But I wasn't the strongest on the team, but I could definitely put up numbers. But I was, if you put me in a drill, any kind of field drill or track drill or any kind of race, bro, I'm going nuts, and that's all because of the training that I did. So I say all that to say I fell out of love with working out because my junior year, midway through the season, I wasn't getting any playing time. And it was mainly because there was a senior that played the same position as me, and, you know, obviously he's going to start. I'm like 5'11". I was like 190 at the time. This dude is like 6'7", maybe 6'6". 230 pounds in high school like obviously this dude is going to start uh why wouldn't he start the team would be stupid not to start him so that's why I wasn't getting any varsity time so for compensation I guess I was having to play JV which was fucking annoying I knew that I was good enough to play varsity I even asked to switch positions to you know I asked to uh I played defensive end but I asked to play tight end so I can get some fucking playing time because our tight ends were ass and I had hands. I mean, I always played catch with my friends or with my dad. I had hands. I could catch and I was fast. It wasn't the biggest. Like our tight ends were probably like six, two taller than me, but they fucking sucked. So I asked to switch positions. The coach wouldn't let me switch positions. So I'm just playing JV on fucking Thursdays, playing JV football while while, while all my friends are playing varsity football on Friday nights. And it just, I hated it. I fucking hated my life at that time. I did not, I did not, it was embarrassing for one, for playing JV, and two, I was just wasting so much time. I knew that I wasn't going to go to college for football. I knew that early on. I'm undersized. I don't even love it that much. I really just played football for the sport of it just to play it just to have something to do my friends did it whatnot uh that's why it was so easy to quit because i didn't love the sport but you know it was embarrassing i knew i was capable of playing and i was wasting so much time so i just quit and to wrap everything up that i just said i fell out of love with training and lifting weights because all i associated training and lifting weights with football and once i quit football I didn't lift weights anymore. I didn't train anymore because I didn't really, you know, there was nothing to work towards. You know, back then in the mindset that I had, I didn't realize that 
you know, training is a part of life. You want to be fit. Uh, I didn't, you know, realize how much impact it had on your mental being. And definitely as I get older, I realize that, one, it's just not healthy. It's not fun being out of shape and fat. And two, it's just good for your mental being. It's good for your physical being. And it just makes you more confident. Uh, Yeah, I mean, working out, there's like no negatives to it unless you're like, you know, overdoing it and lifting insane amounts and hurting yourself. There's like no negatives to working out. Everybody should sweat and and like test their mind, test their test their will. I'm not saying you got to fucking kill yourself every workout, but you definitely get to know yourself better when you lift weights because you're in your head for however many hours you lift or work out. You're in your head talking to yourself, motivating yourself, grinding it out. You know, sometimes when you're under that bar, whether it be squat, bench, overhead press, whatever, and you know, you got one rep to go or whatever, that one rep, it's just you in that bar. You got to talk to yourself. You got to you got to get through that. I mean, nobody wants to fail. Of course, don't injure yourself. It's if it's, you know, be smart about it. Don't injure yourself, but it's you don't want to you don't want to you know not only embarrass yourself but look stupid in front of others i guess you want to lift that weight so you're it's almost like you're building uh not only are you building your physique on the outside but you're building a strong mindset and it makes for you know challenges to be easier in real life because you're spending more time with yourself. You're spending more time with your mind. Like I said earlier, in high school, I had this crazy level of mind and body connection because I spent so much time with myself. I didn't have a, I didn't have a smartphone. At my mom's house, I didn't have internet. I was at my mom's house Monday through Friday. I didn't have internet. I didn't have cable. Um, just working out, just, just grinding, bro, just... And when I was at my dad's, when I would be in the field with that tire, I didn't have a phone, so I wasn't listening to music. It was just me, just me and my thoughts. And you can, it's crazy what you can become with a strong mindset. And I'm trying to get back to that. So I've been in the gym for, what has it been? Maybe like two and a half weeks now. I've been off and on for fucking six months or more, but this is the most consistent i've been i've been almost every day except sundays i think for like two and a half weeks and i'm seeing a little bit of results in my body i mean i'm so out of shape sorry if you guys can hear that bird that bird is loud as hell but i've been out of shape or what was i saying oh i've been seeing a little bit of results but i'm so out of shape that you know it's going to take a while for my body to really uh you know see the results i guess but I've noticed like the days are easier. Like I don't get as tired. It's weird because you work out and ex- expend energy, but you have more energy during the day. And also, you know, how out of shape I've been for however many years. It's like every day is just like waking up with a fucking hangover. You feel groggy, you feel heavy, feel tired, feel just gross. And I'm still out of shape. You know, I'm still well overweight. But since I've been working out, it's been easier to wake up. And even if I don't get enough sleep, it's just been easier to 
push through that and go through the day because back before working out or whatever, if I didn't get enough sleep and, you know, I'm eating all kinds of garbage the day before, if I didn't get enough sleep, I would feel like fucking shit for the whole day, maybe a day or two. But now I'm eating a little bit healthier. I still have moments where I should be, I shouldn't be, you know, eating the fast food that I do. So I'm a little bit healthier, you know, it's baby steps, but even the little changes, you know, the, the little bit of working out this time period of two and a half weeks and the little bit of diet change, I feel 20% better. So I could only imagine how I feel six months from now with a more strict regimen, a more strict diet. I just need to stay away from fast food, bro. Fast food is my kryptonite. And I know why, because there was so many times growing up that fast food was my dinner. You know, like it's like a built in addiction that I definitely enjoyed as a kid. You know, don't get me wrong. My mom offered to buy us some Taco Bell or McDonald's or Wendy's or something. Of course, let me get three burgers. Let me get two McChickens. If we're at Taco Bell, let me get a Crunchwrap. Let me get four loaded grillers going crazy of course i love it i loved it i still love it i mean it's a love-hate relationship because you can eat fast food and still live you know a relatively healthy lifestyle i mean it's doable of course but your healthiness needs to be by far um outdoing your unhealthiness because with me I just overdo it, bro. I It's just as simple as that. I overdo eating fast food every single time. I cannot help but order an extreme amount of food that I should not be. It's just so good. It's so comforting. But I think that's like, it's definitely a bad thing. It's an addiction. But I think it's from like, how do I put this? Man, there's so many levels to this, this addiction, because growing up, we weren't, you know, we weren't rich at all. We were barely middle class. If we were middle class, food always seemed scarce. Like we would get food stamps at the beginning of the month, spend them all on like one grocery trip usually, and the shit would be gone by, you know, a week, a week and a half into the month. So it's almost like I had to because I had three siblings in the house, in my mom's house, I had three siblings, it's almost like you had to fucking eat as much as you could before everybody else eats everything, so we would get, uh, we would get boxes of ho-hos, generic honey buns, hella cereal, ice cream, uh, hot pockets, you know, all the, all the shit that kids want, we would get all that, but it would only be limit it would only be for a limited time and i was it was almost like a competition when it comes to eating it because you're you're living in the house with three other siblings that want that shit too so and you know it's going to be gone eventually so it's like let me just get as much as i can right now and that's kind of how i still treat food it's like like bro i've i've, I've had mcdonald's 10,000 times well, 10,000 is kind of insane Maybe a couple thousand times in my life. Even that's insane. But, yeah, it's true. I know what those fucking burgers taste like. I know what those fries taste like. I know what the chicken nuggets taste like. I know what all of it tastes like. 
but my mind tells me that I need to taste all of it this trip because whatever reason maybe I think it's just like that thing in my head that I was explaining like I don't know if I'll ever get this again you know I don't I don't know what it is bro there's so many there's so many there's so many things that I can point at in my childhood that could be the cause or all of them could be the cause of this addiction this fast food addiction one of them also is portion sizes i was not taught portion sizes at all i think most of us weren't you know our parents i feel like it's not common to know what portions are our parents don't even know what they are so they can't teach it so like when dinners were made it's just like fucking you know if it's like hamburger helper or something of course save some for so everybody can get some but it's just like fuck it just put as much as in your bowl as you can and if there's leftovers of course eat more portions were portions are huge portions are very important and we do not put enough emphasis on it like i think the only the only uh what is the word the only reference to portion sizes that I have is like school lunches because they give you, you know, I guess what is supposed to be a portion. Like you'll get a slice of pizza, you get a cake, you get a couple carrots, uh, maybe a cookie, you know, a cookie or cake. You get a small ass milk. That shit used to piss me off though. I used to, sometimes I would buy like two or three of those milks because that shit was bomb. It's probably nasty now. But them chocolate milks in them little ass cartons, them bitches use a bus. Uh, but yeah, the portion sizes—that's like the only place that we learn it, unless your teacher, or unless your parents are teaching you it. Is our school? Our school has given us like small portions, which it was kind of annoying. But you know, that's it's really important. I always see like YouTube videos, or even in real life, people who aren't from the U.S. Um. Like I have this Philip, uh, not Filipino, um, this friend from Thailand, and I've seen her eat a few times. She eats like fucking nothing, because you know I think people from other countries they just don't see food like we do. People from other countries, depending on where you're from, they see it as uh, a thing that brings family together. They see it as nutrition they see it as fuel they see it as uh a necessity so they you know they they handle it tenderly but here in america oh my god we are overdoing the fuck out of everything bro like a large meal from any fast food place is is beyond what you need like i had a fucking the other day I had a Big Mac meal, large. I guess the burger is fine, but again, it's three pieces of bread. It's like hella sauce, uh, two pieces of meat. A cheeseburger to somebody from a different country is probably fine. A cheeseburger and a small fry, but you get a Big Mac meal with a large fry. Bro, you do not need that many fries. You don't even need to eat fries, or I don't even need to eat fries. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to me, but we do it, and we get a large-ass drink full of fucking sugars and caffeine we're 
America is very excessive. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody, but I, I'm saying it because we run into all these problems and these uh, habits and these patterns because we our parents aren't teaching us, didn't take the time to learn themselves, so they're not teaching us healthy habits and, you know, a, a proper way of living. A healthy way of living. But yeah, so there's that. That was a long, uh, that was a long segment on working out and food. But, uh, I guess we can just tailgate off of that. The parents that aren't teaching us enough, man, I'm 26 I still don't feel like I know anything. Of course, let's I should state this. Your parents can't teach you everything. It's not possible. Nobody knows everything. However, I feel like a lot of parents, including mine, have not tried their best. And that it's it's two-parted. One part is because, you know, they weren't taught it. So they didn't learn it and they can't teach it. And the second part is they never wanted to, they never realized that they should learn it so their kids don't run into the same problems. It's laziness, it's unpreparedness, it's selfish to bring a kid in this world and not not want to give them, you know, the proper tools and all the tools that you can and 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 not want to even try to give them all the tools that you can like make yourself better to make your kids better to make your family better i'm really passionate about this topic because as i get older it started when i was about shit i feel like i started to realize in high school but it definitely hit home after high school, like right after high school. But in high school, I remember it's when I met my girlfriend and I would like on the weekends, I wasn't a bad kid or nothing, but I would go to parties and just chill with friends. I drank a little bit. I didn't smoke or nothing, but I would do these things. I would go out or I would do pretty much whatever I wanted. But I, like I said, I wasn't a bad kid, so I didn't like take advantage of it, but I could leave the apartment whenever I wanted. I could do whatever I wanted. And I met my girlfriend and she said, cause her mom was very strict and she was like, I'm, I wish my mom would, uh, let me do what I wanted or whatever. Cause you know, her mom wouldn't let her do certain stuff. She had to do chores and, or else she couldn't leave the house, you know, that kind of thing. But when she told me that I remember saying to this day, cause it, I feel like I opened my own eyes. She said that. And I said, yeah, well, I wish my mom cared more because I'm always I'm always reflecting on myself, on my surroundings and what's influencing me and whatnot. And I realized that, yes, it is fun going out with my friends, doing what I want, coming home when I want, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it kind of sucks if you think about that your mom doesn't care what you're doing. It, and she is not being involved in your life and she 
I guess Yeah, it's just it's kind of a sucky feeling just realizing that like damn, yeah, I am doing what I want, but it's like I'm alone out here. And as I got older, that wasn't high school, that was senior year. As I got older, I realized that, oh, fuck, I really am alone out here. Like, yeah, we all got to grow up. We all got to live our own life. I understand that. But damn, like, I don't have, like, someone or somewhere to fall back on and feel secure. Like, if when things get hard, like, someone that I can rely on and, you know... Since my parents were never involved with what I was doing and never cared really, it, it's like they don't know me. So I can't go to them for anything because they don't know me. They don't understand me. And it sucks. It's a sucky feeling. Um, I've definitely, in a kind of a, it's almost like a defense mechanism that I've fucking developed over the past, I would say strongly over the past year, but definitely it started in like the past two or three years. I just realized that it's going to be like this forever because our parents are, you know, our parents made us. They are the creators of us. So they're like, you know, to a, to a certain extent, they're like our rulers. We we everything that we learned to a certain age was from them, pretty much. And when you get to a point of realization that you're lacking a ton of tools that your parents didn't give you because you know they were too busy worrying about themselves and whatever, you get to a point where like you just have to realize it's going to be like that forever. And I did that. It's still a sucky feeling, but it's almost better than constantly thinking about it and worrying about it. I say it's better, but I'm basically suppressing everything because the fight, it's just a constant cycle of being disappointed. And the fight, it seems futile. It seems pointless the fight of wanting your parents to love you basically and i understand they got their own problems i understand that we we all got our own problems but you know as a kid i didn't understand that as a kid i need them and i never felt like they were there for me in the way that i needed of course Gave me shelter, fed me, uh, put me in school. You know, you have kids. Like, that's what you should do. If if you're not at least doing that, then what are you doing? So, of course, they're going to do that nine times out of ten. But the fucking teaching me how to love or just just displaying love in the household is so important. 
displaying love in the household so the kid understands what love is they can describe it they see love and they know that there's love there at the house so they can love themselves they can feel comfortable and it's just a healthy environment but i feel like i always grew up just never knowing where the household stood you know you can contribute you can uh, attribute that to having a split family you know i got siblings from you know different parents and you know i'm not it's not my both of my parents in the same house so many things influence everything there's so many uh contributing factors but i i definitely feel like if you're going to set out and have kids whether it be an accident or not you are creating life you are it's it's so precious life is so precious um I, i think we tend to forget that and when people have kids they definitely they don't they don't uh they don't approach it with enough attentiveness and caution bro everything that a kid sees and hears everything is affecting them every day and if it's not healthy it's really gonna fuck them up if 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 they're not you know if they're not careful if they're not uh uh if they don't look at them if they don't look inside of themselves enough and just let you know some people are prone to just let life you know take them whatever circumstances are in front of them that's just they they think that's who they are i feel like luckily somehow somehow i developed this whoops sorry my camera stopped i had to restart it but somehow I developed the skill of being able to realize what's good and what's bad for me. And I've always I've always felt like I've been able to stay emotionally stable enough to push through life for whatever reason. I don't know how I got that skill. I've, I don't know. I feel like I was just exposed to a lot as a kid. Like so many different personalities and, you know, both of my dad and mom's house wasn't the healthiest, so you learn a lot from that shit. You learn about trust, you learn about treachery, you learn about you learn about, you know, when you got a bunch of siblings and you know, you tell them something and word gets around, you learn about <laughs> uh you just learn so many you learn so many skills, but it's almost like uh survival tactics because you're in a constant mode of survival every day just felt like surviving you come home like i said earlier you come home and you don't even know is somebody mad at me today or somebody just mad and gonna you know uh take it out against me but yeah like i was saying i feel like parents do not approach having kids with enough care and they don't change their life to be conducive to having a kid you know there's a i can go on forever and ever with this i'm kind of holding back a little bit since this is my first time really opening up about all this i can go on and on though but 
yeah, this is this is what this podcast is for, really, just to explore my thoughts. And that's why I want you guys to send in questions and topics and yeah, we could just I don't want to spill it all out in one episode. I think that's a I think that's a uh it was heavy already. I don't want it to like I said. Now my, my now my thoughts are just going crazy, but I could just go on on and on and on and on about this. And I want to talk about some other topics and so yeah. I came across this uh new word the other day or yesterday actually. I came across this word or this um what do you want to call it like theology, I guess. But the word is, let me find it. I know what it is. I just want to make sure. I wrote it down. Hold on. Give me a second. All right. So the word is solipsism. S-O-L-I-P-S-I-S-M. Solip- solipsism. And the definition is only one mind exists. Self is the only existing thing. And I wanted to, you know, just explore my thoughts to see what I think about this. Solipsism. I feel like uh, you definitely can live your life with that uh, belief. However, I think it's very dangerous to believe that only your mind exists. To believe that um, you are the only existing thing. Basically, what it's saying is you, the world exists around you because you create it. Like, how do I explain this? Uh, like, it's like, uh, fuck, like, you're the main character, like, you know, you, like, for instance, you, a TV show that you watch was created for you you created it for your enjoyment (laughs) things like that but it can even get deeper than that but i say it's dangerous because i mean it's not far from just narcissism it's not far from just having tons of ego tons of pride and you know it's not far from being uh from just not being empathetic i don't see how you can live a life of solipsism and live and lead a healthy conducive life i don't see how it's possible because it's it's selfish you think that you created the world you're basically playing god i don't think that it's possible uh i don't know i mean you definitely can live that way and but i will say this I don't know if this is considered solipsism, but I feel like this is important. Um, Say you're a UFC fighter or, you know, any kind of combat athlete and you're, you're basically putting your life on the line every fight. You need a certain level of accountability, personal accountability. Uh, You need a, a certain level of realizing that You know, 
your opponent can't beat you. You only beat yourself. Like if you train, if you absolutely train your best, if you put, if you put in everything and you know that you put in everything, you need a certain level of delusion to, to tell yourself that your opponent, your opponent is not the obstacle. Your training and your discipline is the obstacle. You know, how, how far can you push yourself? You need a certain level of that delusion. So it's almost like you need to think like you're the only thing that exists because when you're in that cage, when you're on that mat or whatever it is, it is only you. It doesn't matter how many coaches or dietitians or whatever helped you train leading up to this event. It's only you there on that mat or in that cage. It's only you. So I do think you need that. However, like I said, it's very close to narcissism because you can be a good fighter and whatnot or a bad fighter. You could be a good fighter and, you know, win all your fights and say, it's only me. Like my coaches, you know, your ego can get really big. Your coaches don't matter. They're just there to, you know, whatever. You can definitely fall into the ego part and act like it was only you. Like your coaches didn't really help. You don't need your dietitian or your nutritionist. Uh, you didn't need your family support. It's a very, it's a very uh, fine line. I feel like it's too much to juggle. If you want to believe in um, a theory like that, I feel like you're just going to drive yourself crazy. Some people are able to drive themselves crazy and still be functional because they're so narcissistic, though. I definitely know somebody like that. <laughs> but the, on the flip side, you can be a bad fighter and blame your coaches, blame your nutritionist, blame your family. You can blame them, and that is, I guess that's narcissism. Because um, then you're just, instead of instead of uh, realizing that you're in control of your potential, you're putting the blame off on others because you don't want to accept accountability. Does that make any sense? So I, basically, basically what I'm saying is I feel like solipsism is very dangerous. It's a, dare, a very dangerous way of thinking. I think you can run into a lot of trouble with it. But if you're like already a narcissist, like some people just have the innate ability or the innate, uh, I don't know, way of thinking or attributes to become a narcissist, it would be really easy to just live your life for yourself. And you don't think it's causing harm or hurting others, but it is. So solipsism, yeah, I don't, I feel like it's healthy in some ways because you can definitely maximize your potential realizing that, you know, you're in your own way. It's only you, you can do, you, you have to do the things to get to where you want to be. But then you can take it too far and just it just turns into ego. So, yeah, I'm just uh, running circles around myself now. But that was the word that I came across, solipsism. Let me know what you guys think about that. Do you think that you're able to believe that you're the only person that exists and the or your, your mind is the only mind to exist and everything around you is because of you, because you want it to be here, because you created it?
I feel like I, uh, I feel like I had a better conversation about solipsism in my head last night when I was trying to go to sleep. But now that I try to talk about it out loud, uh, for some reason it's kind of difficult. But ain't no problem, ain't no problem. Next topic, I guess. I wrote down journaling is what I wanted to talk about. Um, I know that, you know, people, especially on the internet and especially nowadays, people live and die by journaling, writing in a journal, tracking your thoughts, tracking, uh, yeah, just keeping a record of how you feel and it allows you to be more conscious of yourself. But I've tried journaling a few different times and for some reason it just never works and i i know that's kind of a weird statement like how do you get journaling to work i don't know i don't know it's just like i just sometimes i just feel like i'm just fucking writing on a piece of paper and that's literally what i'm doing but that's literally all that feels like like i'll write down i'll write down what i'm grateful for like write down what i'm grateful for write down my goals write down how i'm feeling write down my thoughts try to understand myself better I've had a couple of stages in my life where I went through trying to journal, but it's just like, I don't know. I get very nihilistic about it. Like, why am I doing this? What is the point of me journaling right now? What is this? I don't, I can't, I can't seem to, uh, I can't seem to fucking, have discipline with it because I don't know where or when or what the outcome is supposed to be. I don't understand it. So if anybody can explain how to journal, maybe I'm just doing it wrong. I don't know, bro. That's why I wanted to talk about it. I just don't know how to journal. Like anything that I've ever written down has never like people say like you can manifest it write it on paper that's never worked for me i don't get it like is it my intention i feel like i try my best i eventually get to a point sometimes where i'm doing it unconsciously and i'm doing it out of habit i think that's a good thing but yes sometimes i do catch myself like oh i'm just doing this just to do it just to see if it works i feel like that it's not going to work in that manner. So I definitely try to catch myself. But for some reason, I just don't know how to do it. I don't know. I think the outcome thing, not knowing when, where, or what the outcome is, I think that really deters me from doing it because it's just like, what's the point? I tend to... uh I tend to get very nihilistic when it comes to certain things like, I don't know. We don't got to get into that topic. I mean, I guess it's a podcast. I can talk about whatever I want, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I tend to get nihilistic because I'm, I'm often, I often reach a fucking point in my mind where I'm like, what is the point of this? And that's just a loophole because, or a wormhole. Because you can say that about anything. 
It's a very, it's a very, I used to claim nihilistic actually, but it's a very, um, slippery slope because I can tell myself, why do I fucking take a shower? What's the point? Why do I put shoes on? What's the point? We don't know the point. I mean, we don't have to. There, it's not like you're born and giving a manual that says, all right, you, you need to put your shoes on every day. You need to brush your teeth. You need to, it's, there's not a manual to life. And that, uh, when you think about that, it can get kind of scary because, you know, it often leads to the fact or often leads to the question, what is the point? And none of us know. We can all claim that we know. We can all claim that whatever religion we believe in is the truth. We can all claim that, or we can all, we can all like, we can all judge others for their way of living and saying that our way is the better way. But nobody knows. Nobody's right. Maybe some people are right, but nobody knows. Maybe there is an objective truth, truth, or there's an objective way of living, but nobody knows. You know, there's differing religions that contradict each other, so who's right? Of course, if you grew up Muslim, you're going to say yours is right. If you grew up Jewish, you're going to say yours is right. If you grew up uh, atheist... You're going to say yours is right. It doesn't matter. We all spend too much time trying to uh, trying to prove that our way of living is the best. But why? If your way of living is the best, then you're God, I guess. <laughs> you should be it because you, you should be able to create... Whatever you want of out of this life. But yeah. I don't know how to journal man. I don't know how to. Manifest it. On paper. I don't know if what I. If what I'm writing is. Right. But then again, if somebody tells me that I should do this, like if somebody who journals tells me they should, that I should do this and this and this, who's to say they're right? I guess I just got to, I guess I just got to keep going until, until what? See, that's the thing. Until what? Keep going until what? And keep going why? <laughs> oh man, life is crazy. But yeah, episode three of Tupa. This this episode definitely has taken a a turn, a couple turns, and like damn near drove off the highway into an embankment, and we're now like swimming down sh- a dark stream at night, not knowing where to go. This is what that's what this episode feels like. I'm not mad at it. All episodes are going to be different because it's literally me just uh, 
talking into a mic and it, depending on my mood is what topics I talk about. But this is my uh It's crazy to think about it. I've been uploading YouTube videos since 2016. On I used to have a different channel than the one that I do now. The Super GM Eli is my is my pen name now. But it used to just be actually it started with Wizendud was my first YouTube name. And then now it's just under Eli Polk, but I don't use it anymore. But my first video was on January January third, twenty sixteen. All I've ever wanted in my life since like fifth grade maybe was wanted to be a YouTuber. That's all I've ever wanted. Because you're able to just be creative and you're able to make money, which is also important, doing what you want to do. Nobody tells me to uh, get talk on this mic and make this podcast. Nobody has told me to make the hundreds of videos that I've made in seven years. Nobody's ever told me to do any of it, but I keep... I keep pushing at it because I know that there's something here for me. I know that this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I'm going to do. And that's why I'm not stopping. You know, I've been consistent and inconsistent over the years, but something just pulls at me when it comes to YouTube. It's like, It's like I'm supposed to do it, but I'm going through all these trials and all these failures. Bro, all the, I know it'll all amount to something one day, but I feel like everything that I've done to this point has been a failure because, you know, YouTube is about getting views, getting subscribers, and eventually getting paid. And, you know, just making content that reaches people. But I feel like everything that I've done has been a failure, but I'm you know, at the same time, it's just, it's a, it's going to be a, it's a great success story. Like, I don't know why I, it's like fucking bro. It's like every video, every year that goes by, it's like a slap in the face. Like it's like I'm getting abused, but I keep coming back to it. (laughs) That's what it feels like. Uh, YouTube. I haven't found success yet. But I definitely feel like this podcast is going to feel like it's going to do something. I don't know why I feel like this, but I felt like this before a few other things in my life and they end up happening. It doesn't happen often, but I definitely have that feeling now, right now. And that's why I'm pursuing it. I I enjoy doing it. I enjoy exploring my mind i i enjoy making the thumbnails on my youtube uh you guys on like spotify and apple music you don't get to see all the thumbnails but i break the podcast up into different episodes with different thumbnails i enjoy doing that i just enjoy the fact that my thoughts are out there for people to listen to whether they agree with them or not whether they help them or not because I personally enjoy enjoy coming cr- across somebody with like interesting viewpoints or uh, interesting perspective on certain topics. I enjoy that. And I enjoy finding people who are confident enough to put themselves out there. 
this is something that I've been wanting to do for years is like put my true thoughts out there. And I've sprinkled a little bit of, you know, my way of thinking into some videos, but I, I've always felt self-conscious about it. I never wanted to, you know, fully express myself because I was scared of judgment. I was scared of people that I know seeing it, whatever. But I've definitely gotten to a point where those things do not affect me anymore. And I'm getting to an age where I have pretty much, aside from a couple things, I've pretty much cut out all the things that are bad for me in life. And like people as well, people, uh, I know what I want to do and I don't really fall into temptation too much anymore. I don't fall into influence. I'm just myself. And I think that's because I spend a lot of time reflecting and I spend a lot of time in my own head. It can get scary in there. It can get dark, but I feel like I'm coming this sounds fucking gay as fuck, but I feel like I'm coming into my, <laughs> I feel like I'm coming into myself. There's got to be a better way to say that. I feel like I'm coming into my own. I think that's the phrase, actually. I'm coming into my own. Uh, I'm taking more control over my life, and I'm not, I'm definitely, uh, I'm not allowing things to dictate my emotions anymore. And this podcast seems to be helping as well because, you know, like I said, I spent a lot of time in my head, but this allows me to, God damn it, there's a fly flying around my head, but this allows me, does that mean I have like a lot of shit on my mind because there's a fly bothering me? But what was I saying? God damn it, I just ruined my train of thought with a joke. Oh, this allows me to take those thoughts that I have and that roam around and the conversations that I have with myself. It allows me to excavate them and put them out there for others so I could possibly help you listening to this or watching this. Hopefully it helps you. Hopefully. No, I'm not going to say hopefully. I will get to a point where I'll reach more people with this podcast and be able to be able to give people a platform to be heard. I think everything that I do, I always want to do it in my own way. Cause if I do it, you know, a similar way and that people can, you know, compare me to others, I don't feel like it's, I have to do me like I have to be different um, in everything I do or else I just feel like it's disingenuine to myself, really. So I feel like this podcast is going to turn into something almost like a like I said, a platform for people to be heard. I don't know what that's going to look like yet, but I'm developing the foundation right now we are developing the foundation right now and i definitely feel like this is 
the golden ticket. This is what I've been running from. And I'm finally putting my pride and insecurities aside and being vulnerable. There you go. That was a all that just to say I'm being vulnerable for once on camera or on audio, whatever. Something that I have always been afraid of, but I'm finally doing it. Finally being vulnerable. Vulner- vulnerability is like a it's like a uh it's like a currency kind of the more you are vul- the more vulnerable you are usually the more vulnerability or the vul- the more vulnerableness others are to you because they they there's a place of comfort there for both of you you guys are both being vulnerable all right i'm just rambling now i'm sure you guys understand what i'm saying i don't need to expound on that thought but yeah the podcast is here the unfunniest podcast alive this was episode three it was me sitting outside you can see but if you're listening on your ipod or through your tv you may not be aware of the kind of stare that I am giving to the camera because man bruh I really been out here spilling these beans and crumbling these cookies what the fuck nigga All right, I'm out of here. What the fuck was that freestyle?